Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal. It's August 18th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We had some fun on today's show from Chiefs Camp. It's been a good one for the Chiefs, who have checked most of the boxes of what they wanted to accomplish at Missouri Western, and we've covered those topics in previous episodes. But not everything can be so praiseworthy, so beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell, along with Sam McDowell, played a little exercise I called Tap the Brakes. We talked about the most hyped players in camp. Now, we don't mean these players have had a bad camp. On the contrary, the players we discussed today have made great progress, but through no fault of their own, they've been heaped with praise. We just try to tap the brakes on this a little bit. And we had a spirited disagreement on the selections. The show started as a sports beat live. Let's get started. Hey, good afternoon from mild St. Joseph, Missouri, Missouri Western State University. And welcome to Sportsbeat Live presented by First Federal Bank. This is the show where we talk Kansas City Chiefs from training camp with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Please send us your questions and comments and help us get the conversation going. Uh, we've got Jesse Newell and Herbie Teope, the Chiefs beat writers here, along with columnist Sam McDowell and Got a little bit of ground to cover today on the penultimate day of Chiefs camp. It wraps up tomorrow. This will be um, second to last day that we find Jesse Newell out on the quad, um, Herbie Teope um, down in the cafe, and Sam McDowell somewhere in South America. So, um, all right, guys, uh, let's start with, as we often do, Herbie uh, had some injuries, added another one added to the list today, and a player taken off in the cart. Give us the injury update. Yeah, I think the Chiefs have been very fortunate. 15 days of training camp practices, but today on day 16, there were two notable uh, departures from the practice field. Chris Jones left with what the Chiefs called a sore back less than 15 minutes into the stretching period. So they got in the cart, went up the hill, and never came back down. The other one that grabbed our attention was McCole Hardman, who suffered what the Chiefs call a groin injury during 11-11 team drills. Patrick Mahomes walked over with them to the sideline, showing his concern. Head athletic trainer uh, Rick Burkholder brought Hardman into the medical tent. They looked at – it looked like they were looking at his left leg. So, you know, for them to come out and say it's a groin injury, uh, you know, I don't know what they're looking at his left leg for. But you had general manager Brett Veach come over there. Uh, Chiefs coach Andy Reid went over there as well. Then Hardman went up the hill, but I don't think it was that serious simply because he rode in the front seat, the passenger seat. There's always a distinction that people need to remember. If you're in the back of the cart, that's serious. If you're riding in the front, then you can be, you know, you can be cautiously optimistic. Okay. I guess if you're riding in the front, you're just a joy rider uh, at that point. And, uh, and hopefully that's, that's the case. I, and listen, um, uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster did not work out today. Is that, uh, just wanted to clear yeah. that up. Correct. He's also been out with a sore knee. So, you know, teach right now, we're going to be hope, you know, probably going to wrap up practice, uh, training camp tomorrow without Juju Smith-Schuster, unless he returns to practice and probably not without Hardman as well. Yep. Because Brian asks if the uh, wide receiver depth taking a hit without Juju and McColl. Well, yeah, uh, of course it would take a hit, but we'll we'll see. I, um, I've got Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, one of the few players for the Chiefs last weekend, did not get a target in the game. 
against the Bears to, you know, at least on, on my list of things to watch this weekend, um, you know, I figured Chiefs would, would come out and, and look for him early, but uh, we'll see if he plays or not against the Washington Commanders at 3 o'clock at Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday. Okay, um, who – I don't know between you and Jesse who had the practice observations today, um, but one thing I observed, Herbie, you had it, and uh, yep, okay, let's we'll just look down at um, going down from uh, from Jesse to Herbie. I saw somebody with uh, uh, long snapping a punt that was not James Winchester; he was wearing number 80, um, 87. That was an interesting sight. I don't think I've ever seen Travis Kelsey long snap. Well, he is their he is their emergency long snapper. James Winchester was not here for what the Chiefs say he was excused because of personal reasons. So you know, over, over this past week, you've seen some interesting uh, situations over there on special teams. You've seen Juan Thornhill holding. We've seen safety Justin Reed kicking, and now we've seen Travis Kelsey actually long snapping, and it, it didn't look too bad. No, no, did did not look too bad. Um, and he's certainly uh, you know certainly a part of the family business, right? Uh, being a you know, be, being under center for um, for for at least part of the part of the game. Um, there's two other things I wanted to get to um, before we uh, play a, a little game that uh, I'm going to call tap the brakes. Uh, we're going to um, as as training camp winds down. Listen, we have all contributed to the uh, all the media here has contributed to the hype of certain players. Um, and, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a pun further review thing, but just maybe let's, let's maybe throw a little caution to some of the, some of the players who have been hyped up. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I want to ask, uh, I want to ask Jesse about the kicker, Harrison Bucker. Today was the first day that, uh, that we had a chance to talk to Harrison at training camp. And I was, um, I was I thought it was pretty interesting on a couple of fronts. We're going to, we're going to talk today about his um, a ch- kind of a change in technique for him and what he thinks that can do for his distance. He was throwing some eye popping numbers out there about where he thinks he can kick from. And he was, he was pretty good warmups last week in Chicago. Wasn't he Jesse? Yeah. Sam and I were both watching that last week where it was uh he attempted and made a 66 yarder in the warmups and then attempted one from 70 plus it was like 72 or 74. And that one was short, well short. It kind of kicked it up in the air, but I thought his technical and uh, his technical explanation of what he did this off season was pretty good. You know, he talked about how sometimes when you kick the ball, it kind of rotates this way or rotates this way where efficiency wise, you want it to rotate straight up and down. And that's how you can get the most distance. You, I kind of visualized as he was talking about it, you think about driving a golf ball. You know what I mean? If you, so many people work so hard to try to eliminate a hook or eliminate a slice, the reason for that is at that distance that your ball is hooking or slicing, you're missing out. If you hit it straight, it would go farther. And so he was talking about that and also the laces kind of staying right in the middle. And that way, if he can get his foot through the ball and perpendicular to the ball, the ball goes straight and up and out and further, kind of like Justin Tucker's uh, do. And then at that point, you've got a six foot four guy with maybe the most powerful leg in the NFL already kind of exerting that force and that power in a direction that now is helping him to kick longer field goals. So uh, I asked him, I said, well, you know, would you like to try a 70 yarder in a game? The NFL record is 66 from Justin Tucker last year, that game winning try against the Lions that hit off the, the crossbar and went through. And Bucker said he said he, 
thinks he has the distance for it. Now it's going to take the right temperature, the right wind. And the ones he was attempting at Chicago last week were with the wind when he made the 66 yarder, but uh, let's not put it past this guy. I mean, I think the, the fact that he made one in warmups last week that would have tied the NFL record. And he thinks he has more in the tank there again with the right setting and the right setup, potentially if everything came together, uh, a try of 68, 69, 70 yards. It's kind of fun to think about, but Harrison Butker might be the one in the NFL that you would give the best chance to out of anybody not named Tucker. Sam, he's been so good ever since he's been in a Chiefs uniform. Had he? It was funny to see Cairo Santos kicking for the Bears on Saturday because that's the that's the player that Butker replaced after you know four or five games into what was it, 2017 season, I believe. Um, uh, he's just he, he's just been terrific for the Chiefs. Has some of the biggest field goals in, in franchise history. Yeah, I mean that that one against the Bills, you could argue last year is as big of one that they've had in franchise history. And Blair, you always pointed this out that you know he had one that was forgotten that at the time probably would have been the biggest in franchise history, the one against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game to send that game to overtime. But since the Chiefs lost, nobody really recalls that one. Um, it, you know what, what's hard to believe about Harrison Bucker? We were going through this pregame in Chicago. He is the fifth most tenured chief now. And it does seem like he has uh, kind of just got here. You know, obviously he's got an interesting story coming off of a practice squad to, to arrive here. But um, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, James Winchester, Travis Kelsey, and then Harrison Bucker is fifth on that list. That is hard to believe. Wow. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that, but um, and I remember he missed his. Uh, I believe this is right. They were playing Washington, uh, then the Redskins, in his first game. It was a night game, Sunday night. I can't remember if Sunday or Monday night, but he missed a field goal in that game, big field goal. But came back and uh, and kicked the game winner. I think they ended up winning it. It wasn't overtime, but it was a. Uh, it was ended up being a big kick for them at, at the end of the game. So. Uh, you want to talk about forgotten field goals too, Sam? How about the Bengals game last year where Mahomes weaved in and out and ran backwards and fumbled the ball? The Chiefs fall on it, and then Bucker comes out and hits almost a 50 yarder to send that one in overtime. So that one's definitely forgotten because the Chiefs didn't win, but he has hit some clutch, some clutch kicks for the Chiefs and ones at uh, very opportune times. Okay. Hey, let's get to a couple questions real quick. Um, Rob asks, which position group coming out of camp is a uh, position of strength and weakness? Uh, I'll tell you what, that's going to play into our tap the brakes uh, section here in a, in a few minutes, but how about as a position group? I, I certainly don't know. Um, they're, they're all above average so far to me. It's, it's just some, we just know little, a little less about because of the, uh, maybe the, the the experience, but Herbie, you take that. What what do you think? Looking at looking at the Chiefs as, you know, in position groups, which one comes out um, the strongest, and which one may need a little little extra seasoning? To, to me, when, when I think of the strongest, I think of the, the the one that's going through a lot of transition. Okay, I'm not going to talk about the wide receiver position because we that that subject has been beaten to death over this entire offseason. What it's going to look like without Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go to the cornerback position because of all that transition. You know, Traveris Ward is gone. The Chiefs felt comfortable enough to let two veterans go, Lonnie Johnson and DeAndre Baker, a former first-round pick, and they're going with the youth movement. That signals their confidence in that group, and that signals to me strength. You know, you've got Fenton, you've got 
Legereus Sneed, you've got the first-round pick, Trent McDuffie, and then everybody else who comes up behind them are capable of contributing, and they've got tall, lanky bodies. They can, they're able to play press man, and you're going to need that against some of these wide receivers the Chiefs are going to be facing in 2022 and beyond, especially in the AFC West. I like the way the cornerback position is, is shaping out. I'll, I'll leave the I'm weakness, gonna, I'm gonna, I'll leave the weakness for Sam. I know what he's going to say for weakness. I'll just say this has nothing to do with camp, but O-line is the strength to me behind quarterback. And doesn't have to really do with what they've shown so far, but what they showed last year. And then, you know, Fred Beach's ability to kind of completely reinvent that one. But I think the weakness is one that I'm going to set up on the tee for Sam because I know what he's going to say. Well, first I'm going to say the strength is quarterback. Um, you know, I like their quarterback group. I said besides quarterback, um, he wasn't going to give you the easy one. Come on. I think, uh, yeah, I think I've been pretty vocal that uh, defensive line I still think is is number one on the list as much as, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to uh, catch myself from not stepping on our next segment, Blair, because I think Jesse's going to have <laughs> a member on the defensive line in our next segment, but um, I still think that they could have done more to, to address that spot. I'll go with tight ends as the strength. And even though it's pretty much the same same cast as last year, we're hearing a lot of good things about Noah Gray. And uh, and if Jody Fortune comes back uh, you know, healthy, uh, you're, you're going to love him. And we saw a glimpse of that early on last year. So, uh, okay, let's do this. Let's take a break now and hear from First Federal Bank when we come back. Um, we're going to tap the brakes on some of the hype that we're hearing about these players. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Back on Sportsbeat Live from Chiefs Training Camp with Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Jesse Newell. Listen, when I say tap the brakes, I don't mean slam on the brakes. Uh, it's been a good training camp for the Chiefs. I think we can all agree to that. And, um, and it, it, it's been a different camp in that so many, uh, so many draft picks and first-year players, and we've gotten to uh, see and evaluate uh, several of them. Uh, I see where Sam has uh, temporarily bowed out. I think he knows uh, – I think I know why, because this is uh, 
could be a battle royale between Jesse and Herbie and Sam just wanted to get out of the way. So, okay. Um, let's, let's start this, <laughs> uh, start with, with Jesse. Um, Jesse, give us the name of a player who, um, who fans and media seem to be a little excited about, and maybe we should, I, I don't know, just, uh, just preserve a little bit of caution for. This is the Brady Bunch. I'm looking up. Who could be the person doing it? I'm looking up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Danny Shelton. I I understand he's come in here and he's really big and he could provide potentially something the Chiefs don't have. It could be a run stopper. Uh, but my experience covering football is big does not always equal effective. And uh, I loved what he had to say a couple of days ago. I loved what he had to say about the opportunity and coming in here and and saying a couple cuss words just to, you know, keep us all on our toes to make sure that, uh, you know, we can bleep that out in the videos. But I just, he, he was not with another team and he's bounced around and the chiefs have other options that position and he's coming to training camp late. And, you know, if it was just a matter of being big and being in there, then you have lots of candidates to be able to do that for the chiefs. So, uh, like I said, this is nothing against the person, but I, I just have doubts that a guy that could come in this late, does not appear to be in amazing shape. I think we can all say that. Uh, and again, we talked about sort of the, the scheme fit. He would seem to be like a run stopper type for the Chiefs if he's in there and potentially could help him out in that area. I, I, unless they just have a specific role for him to fill and he can get himself into game shape very quickly, I just have my doubts that he'll have as much of an impact as some of the media tent uh, seem to believe. So again, I, I've just seen this too many times with KU football and covering in the past where guys come in, we talk about how big they are. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how big this guy is. And then the next year we're talking about, oh, this guy trimmed down 40 pounds because he had to do that last year. So I just have my doubts on Danny Shelton, and we'll see how this all plays out. Is it my uh, turn? If, if, if Herbie is – well, if Herbie's, if Herbie's not allowed to talk about the Saints, we can't compare the Chiefs to KU. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, what in the world? You're going to – okay, in my experience covering football, you know, the National Football League, sometimes big bodies do matter. The Chiefs over the last three seasons, 2019, ranked 26 against the run. Yes, they went on and won the Super Bowl. 2020, 21st against the run. Last year, 21st against the run. So clearly the pieces they have right now are not the solution. Derek Nottie, Colin Saunders. Last year they brought in Jaron Reed. Danny Shelton, yes, I will agree. He is a big body, but he's an athletic big body. He's not just a big guy there. Uh, you're, you're talking about a, a player who was the 12th overall pick in the 2015 draft, yes, he got John Dorsey, former Chiefs general manager, traded him uh, to the New England Patriots, and he went over there and he helped them win a Super Bowl. So if he is anywhere near what he was when he first came into the league, I think he's an upgrade. Uh, they don't necessarily need him to be there to rush the passer. They just need someone who can fill the gaps and allow the ends and the linebackers to flow freely to the ball and improve on a 20 and below ranking against the run. I did not realize that Herbie and I were sitting so close together until his voice got to such a pitch. I was like, oh, Herbie's just right around the corner, huh? <laughs> I will say, if he was all that, Herbie, uh, this is his fifth team in five years. Uh, but, you, but he also brought up a good point. He says it goes along with what the coaching staffs want. The teams that he wanted were geared more towards getting the pass rushers, and that's just not his thing. He is a run stuffer. He is a throwback to the guys like Haladi Noda. Uh, who, who else can we talk about Sarah Gusu, you know, your your those are old school type nose tackles who can stop against the run. That's what he is. Those are three four nose tackles. The Chiefs don't run a three four, Herbie. Yeah, so oh, yeah, you're but, right. I mean, if, if you need but, him for but, a sub package, if you need him for certain 
types of plays and and you know you're down 10 in the fourth quarter and, and you're gonna have to stop the run then yeah he's a great fit for that I'm just saying I'm not sold like that's not that's that's like you have a specific vision for him to come in here and hoping he can learn the playbook hoping he can drop some weight hoping he can be in shape all those sorts of things that's a lot of ifs here and hoping he can latch on to his fifth team in five years and be successful not to mention, I mean, I know PFF is not the end-all be-all, but this guy was not dominating last year. If he was, he wouldn't have been available to the Chiefs when he was. So, again, I like Danny Shelton the person. I love the interview he had. I hope he works out. I am I just don't see what you see in him just because he's big. Because he's big doesn't mean uh, that he's going to be a guy that is a huge contributor for the Chiefs or even that he's going to make the team. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, you absolutely. We will have to wait and see how it plays out. But I'm glad you have finally admitted that PFF is not the, the end-all do-all, <laughs> okay, because it's not – We'll, we will have to wait and see how this plays. PFF is way higher than Herbie FF. That's all I know. That's all I know. Okay. With PFF, way, way above. <laughs> We're gonna, this is a whole different discussion on PFF, but all I remember is Mike Zimmer and some NFL players ripping on PFF because they're grazed. They don't know what they're looking at. You know, I, I will say, yes, I do use PFF for some things, but I'm never going to like always say they're the be all. Well, I'm glad you admitted they're not the be all do all. All right, all right. Uh, go to your Herbie, how do you, Herbie, how do you like this new segment? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, um, we, so we embrace debate here. <laughs> right. All right. Um, uh, Sam, let's uh, let's hear yours and it's actually um, it, it's actually been suggested already. Um, yeah, um, Jesse might get in his uh, second argument of this, but I've got Isaiah Pacheco as, as my guy here. Um, I think he's a. I, I seriously, I, I think he could develop into basically what people already have him at now, but I don't think he's there yet. And um, I think a lot of people's excitement comes from the fact that we've seen him run with the first team, we've seen him run with the second team. And I think that's more of a product of what the Chiefs are seeing from their other running backs than it is a product of exactly what they've seen from Isaiah Pacheco. You know, I don't think any of us have been super impressed with what we've um, seen out of Ronald Jones over these two to three weeks here. Um, I think that's why Pacheco has passed him in the depth chart. I don't – I haven't seen as many plays as Jesse and Herbie have out here. I've missed some days. Um but I think I can count on one hand how many times I've just been absolutely wowed by Isaiah Pacheco on a play. Um, I thought he had a really good play in the preseason. I also thought he had um, one run that Jesse and I actually mentioned in real time watching the game that he just completely missed the hole. And it's out there floating on, on Twitter as well. And what's most alarming about it is that he misses the hole where the play is designed to go. It's not a cutback lane that he doesn't see. It is the play. It is exactly where the hole is supposed to be. He doesn't hit it in time. He stutter steps. He misses it. He gets there too late. And all of a sudden, he turns what could have been a pretty sizable gain into just a couple yards. And that could be a product of a rookie getting used to a new a new speed. Although he interestingly told you, Blair, he didn't think it was that different of a speed in the NFL. Um, but there is going to be some getting used to, which is why I said he could develop into the guy people are already making him out to be. But I just don't think he's there yet, and and so your your term for this this game, Blair, I, I think is is pretty apt for for Isaiah Pacheco. I'll tell you what, uh, hearing that argument kind of concerns me about the Chiefs' running game overall because uh, he's running with the first team, uh, he's getting getting reps with the first team. Clyde I agree, Evans Blair. It could it could. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say Ceh um, kind of looks like the same player that he has been when he's you know when he's uh, been healthy 
And Jarek McKinnon, who had a really nice postseason for the Chiefs, um, you know, just seems – I don't know if we're expecting him to take a step up, but so where does this put the Chiefs running game? Well, I mean, we answered that that question earlier about, you know, strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, I, I think I predictably went defensive line, but you could have gone running back. I, I think I think the Chiefs have good depth there. I don't think they have, you know, one of probably the 30 best backs in the NFL. So you look at do they have a really good number one? They don't. You know, they're going to be a, a group that maybe gets better because guys are fresher. But a lot of running backs will tell you they, they feel like they're better when, when they get some momentum and, and carry the ball a lot more often. Yeah, well, and Brian says it right here. I mean, I've talked about on, on radio before the Niall Davis comparison, which is he has great speed, he has great uh, size, and, you know, was a good kick returner but never really developed into the running back they thought. So that's probably the floor with him. I think – there could be nuances of being right here uh, with what Sam is saying, because I think where I've been impressed by Isaiah Pacheco is in the pass game. I mean, I didn't know he could catch a pass and he's caught everything. I mean, it's been, it's been unbelievable out here. And so when you hear these whispers from like national guys where they say, Hey, there's some chiefs people that, that keep seeing a little bit of cream hunt. That's what they're talking about is that getting a ball out of the backfield, getting the swing pass. We saw in the Chicago game, he got that ball, you know, takes on a big hit, bounces off of it and goes upfield that's the part of the game I didn't expect from Isaiah Pacheco. I totally agree with you, Sam. And as Ronald Jones hype man, maybe I'm the only person on campus that remains the Ronald Jones hype man. I still think they could use a power back who, as you said, hits the correct hole, hits it with one cut, gets upfield and gets them yardage behind his pads. Now it doesn't look like Ronald Jones is going to make the team right now, but I still think they could use that. I don't know that they have that on this roster unless they think Pacheco can do it. Having said all of that, I think we're all surprised or uh, we all, our attention is turned to, Pacheco was the second back on the field and he was in with the first team on the first possession. So while us talking heads can talk around it all we want to, the fact of the matter is the chiefs really like him and the chiefs think that he's up at that level. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but that's been the bigger surprise is more than what we've seen is that what the chiefs have perceived the seventh round pick to be. And right now they perceive him as the second best back, at least so far in camp. Yeah, which is an important distinction because that's the reason I think that's led to a lot of this hype is exactly who's who Isaiah Pacheco has been playing with out here in camp and then, you know, in the first preseason game. But there is, a you know, a, another important point to make here, which is there's not a lot of hitting in training camp, right? I mean, there's a couple of days where guys are brought to the ground, but if he has that power to his game, there's not really much of an opportunity to show that in a training camp setting. There's an opportunity to show that in a game setting. Um, so that that part remains to be seen, but I do think he's got to have that piece of his game to be the well-rounded back that I think a lot of people are already making him out to be. A couple things. Uh, the, the, the Kareem Hunt uh, comparison is an interesting one. You know, it's, it's funny. I don't know how much Kareem Hunt would have been able to make an impression with the Chiefs with his in his rookie year. He only he worked his way up the depth chart and got to the got to second team. And when the Chiefs played their third preseason game that year, it was in Seattle, and the starter was going to be Spencer Ware. And Spencer Ware tore his ACL in that game, and that elevated Kareem Hunt up to number one. A couple weeks later, they play the opener at New England, and he sets the NFL rookie record for total yards in a game, passing and receiving. And and all of a sudden, the Chiefs had on their hands a, a, an incredible offensive weapon that um, that, that stayed for a, a year and a half. I don't. I don't know if I see that type of of game from Isaiah Pacheco because of the just because of the um, he's got the he seems to have the toughness and uh, and the pass catching ability 
it's as a runner. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that has to be further developed for him. Um, the other a big point I think about Isaiah Pacheco is pass pro. You know, how much are any of these running backs going to be able to protect uh, Patrick Mahomes? And I, I think that um, uh, may ultimately decide uh, how what the depth chart looks like at, uh, at running back. So are you picking Pacheco too, Blair? We're doubling down on Pacheco. No, 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 not mine. But but I'd like to hear what Herbie has. Uh, Herbie, you got one? I was actually going to say Pacheco. <laughs> okay, well, there it is. Sam There's the double as well. It, 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 this happens all the time in camp, no matter where you are. I better no change mine then. If Herbie's picking Pacheco, I better change mine. <laughs> it's, a better bad back spot. Out. it's a bad spot. I better back out. This is a yeah, bad I better spot back for out. you. This guy's a Hall <laughs> of Famer. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that, but you know, I, I do agree with this because he is receiving a lot of hype. Uh, potentially maybe for good reason. You know, when you hear these national guys, as Jesse was saying, uh, you know, saying the Chiefs really like, obviously they're getting that from somebody in the front office. Okay. So th the front office does like him, but some of the unknowns, you know, I, I, we talked about it yesterday and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if his inability to hit the holes had something to do with the line he played with before at Rutgers, before he came here, you know, that line was not good. So, Whenever he saw something, he didn't have the patience. He just said, I got to get upfield. Here, with, with this blocking scheme, you got to let the blocks develop in front of you. And, and, you know, like Jesse said and then Sam said, as long as as soon as he develops that, you know, maybe we'll see a better a better runner. But everything else, the receiving, yeah, I, I, I agree with Jesse there. I'm, I was stunned at his receiving skills. That 200, that two-handed grab yesterday on the drills really grabbed our attention. But seventh-round pick, man, we, it's, there's a lot of wait and see here. Plenty of room on the Danny Shelton bandwagon, Sam, if you want to hop on right back here. So you're good right here. Actually, I think Danny's taking up quite a bit of that room, Jesse. <laughs> um, I am going to uh, put out there for uh, your consideration Noah Gray. And uh, I, I, he's, he's caught many passes uh, here in, in camp, and he is getting a lot of love from – uh, position coach and and Travis Kelsey talked him up big as well, and I think he's going to get more opportunity to, as, as long as Blake Bell is uh, is shelved. So uh, he's going to have to make the most of that opportunity. I guess I'm going to have to um, see it to believe it. I, I think he's a I think he can be a solid player, but I, I'm not convinced that he's going to you know be able to take that that next step and be the um, and I don't even know what role he is because if Jody Fortson is healthy, I really do think he's the second best pass catcher among the tight ends. And, uh, and, and so what does, you know, what, what kind of stats does that leave out there for, for Noah Gray to improve upon? We'll have to see. I'd, uh, I'd like to just, uh, you know, discover more in these final preseason games, what, uh, you know, what the plans are for, uh, for tight end Noah Gray. I had a couple other names uh, on, on my list uh, in case I was going to conflict with anybody, but uh, uh, but I'll save those for another show. Uh, we've got a lot of topics I want to save. We only have one more show, so we're going to cover a lot of topics tomorrow. All right. Um, any final thoughts from our guys today on our on a lively Sports Beat Live? Hearing none. No, no. We all know who's <laughs> right, so it's okay. We don't have to say any more, you know. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up for today. And we have one more day of Chiefs training camp from St. Joseph, Missouri. 
and um, uh, but that will not stop the chief's conversation. We'll continue to talk multiple times during the week, uh, whether it's on a, on a live stream like this or in a Sportsbeat Casey podcast. You will continue to hear from Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, um, Jesse Newell, and Vahe Gregorian once he gets his technical issues smoothed out. So, still working on still working on getting getting Vahe's voice and face back on the um, uh, Sportsbeat Live. Okay, for Monty Davis uh, and for First Federal Bank, thank you very much, and we will talk to you again tomorrow at 2.30. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A salute to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell, Jesse Newland, Herbie Teope for sharing their Chiefs' insights Today's morning sports edition was 28 pages full of Royals coverage, the new LeBron James contract, college football, soccer, and more. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.